Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hi, listeners. I want to tell you about a cause that I'm involved with at Heritage Radio Network. HRN is celebrating its 15th year And to celebrate, we're deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Osiris. everyone, and welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. I'm Megan. I'm here with RJ and Jonathan. Hey, guys. How are you today? I am good. 
Good to see you both. I'm yeah, also it's good. Good to see you too. You're good too. I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. It feels like it's been a long time, but I guess we did it last week. Did we? Know. What was last I, week? Wasn't that Goose Tour tab? Yeah, tour? it was like we were recovering. It was the uh, Goose Tab Hangover <laughs> episode. Oh right. <laughs> Yeah. I'm so, this time of year, it just all starts to blend in for me. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just day by day getting by, you know? Yeah. Well, and then I entered into a five day turkey coma. Yeah. Did you have a good holiday, both of you? It's pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. 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 Good. We had a, we had a show last night in New York city, which was really fun. They're always so much fun. Um, so many people told me that we should do more of them. So, you know, we'll, we will, including one that's coming up in about two weeks. So we're going to do Undermine Live for the first time. And we're going to be joined by Benji and Tom. And Megan's going to make an appearance as well. So, yeah, Jonathan, Jonathan, don't don't be the odd person out here. Yeah, come, Jonathan. Uh, might not make it. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the honesty. Yeah, 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 not yeah gonna do it. No, thanks, it's Jonathan. a pretty good chance that I will not be there, but I'm sure it'll be a blast. So, yeah, uh, these things be they always are. Like all of these Osiris Live things, whether I've listened to them or been a part of them, are outstanding, and I I can't say I've talked to anybody at one who or who has been at one who said they were anything other than a really good time so you know not only should you do more of these rj but people yes. everybody out there should show up and uh and have that good time with you i agree i agree Except this oh, right well no yeah no you, you can't <laughs> um <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna make um well just just so everybody knows if you go to osirispod.com slash philly that's spelled P-H-I-L-L-Y for those of you who aren't familiar. Um, you can see the the ticket information. But we're going to talk about Fish 97 in, in person. And then we're going to have music by a band featuring Cal Kehoe from Pink Talking Fish, Chris DeAngelis from The Machine and Kung Fu, Adrian Tramontano from Twiddle, Jeremy Kaplan from Dogs in a Pile, um, Andrew Pfeiffer from Feel Free, who's my brother-in-law. They're the ones who played the house, were the house band last year at Ardmore. And he's going to bring some horn players, and it's going to basically be like a fall '97 style jam session, and it's it's going to be it's going to be really 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 cool. So, osirispod.com/slash Philly. So uh, somebody asked me on the somebody I know on the internet asked me if I was a guest for one of the uh, pre '97 shows because of my uh, fall '97 opinions. Yeah, um, you are not allowed to come on during the Fall 97 ones. And I said, that's probably the case. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I, I'm not going to confirm nor deny that. That's fair, but we know. Well, I'm very excited for this event, and I was so sad to miss last night. I was supposed to be there, but I was sick all weekend long. So it looks like it was an amazing event, and I'm super sad I had to miss. But I'll be in, I'll be in Philly, and I can't wait, and I hope lots of people come out and say hi. It's an important note to folks if you aren't feeling well don't go to the concert buy the ticket anyways but don't go to the concert that's fair for the sake of our musicians and music scene and everybody else who is hopefully well enough to attend that is fair 
That's true. Then I think that's fair. Thank you, Jonathan. <laughs> PSA time. Yeah. What else? What else? What else we got? I think that's it. What well, did we, we mention? Have... Oh, Go did ahead, we mention Jonathan. the Osiris Premium thing? Because uh, you know. Oh yeah, mention that. We put all that effort into it. I, I, oh, should I do it? Um, you know, we have the, everybody should yeah. subscribe to Osiris Media on Apple for HF Pod Premium, and we have a new premium offering through Memberful. Uh, and they can go to Osiris Pod, and by they I mean you can go to OsirisPod.com/slash/premium and get all kinds of cool extra content and ad-free podcasts and stuff like that. Um, we recorded another bonus episode for this week that you could hear if you were a subscriber. So yeah, check it out. We talked about music that we're listening to that's not fish. So check it out. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, Can you do that? Happens. Can you listen to non-fish music? Apparently, we find time. Well, okay. Uh, it's happening. It's all happening, guys. Um, thank you for doing that, Jonathan. So, Megan, we are talking about a show today that is turning 13 as as we speak. Um, what were you were either of you at the show? I know I don't think you were Jonathan, but were you there, Megan? No, I wasn't. No. I only saw one show in 2009, so I wasn't there on wow. 11/28/2009. Yeah. One show. I was One show. Was it at- was actually Oh, go ahead, Jonathan. I was going to say I was two, at two shows, not the show before it, but the show before the show before this one. The one before Thanksgiving? Yes, the one yeah. before Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, I saw the show in Jones Beach that summer, June 2009, and I was very excited. Fish was back. I was like, I'm going back to Fish. I had a baby, and I was like, I'm going to go back to fish and like rage for the first time, even though I have like an eight month old, I'm so excited. And then I found out that morning that I was pregnant again. And then I went out to Jones beach, knocked up, it poured raining, it was freezing cold. My husband who doesn't like fish, we walked into the venue. This is when they were not selling alcohol inside the venue. So my husband goes inside and has to have like a sober show. And it was a long night. You know, hey, if it was you're like gonna have a sober show, it was you like, should have a sober show. That's not fair. You know, it's like bringing someone who doesn't like fish and being like, "And you can't drink." Like this is like torture. And they're gonna play "Time Turns Elastic" and Petrichor. Oh no, just kidding. Um, they played a fourth quarter "Time Turns Elastic" at "Time Turns Elastic" at eleven twenty-five oh nine in Philadelphia. Yeah, uh, we have photographic evidence of people I know who were asleep during that. <laughs> Exactly. Um, yeah. 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 So that was my only show I saw that year. But um But not this night. Not this night. They did night. not play this Time Turns Elastic this night. They did Which not. is why the show is good. <laughs> I don't think it that's a... why it is good. It's just just kidding. Why it's not not bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair. Fair. So I saw so many shows in two thousand nine. Um Maybe like ten. Wow, it was crazy! That's a lot. Maybe eight. Yeah. I mean, I've seen. I saw a lot, and I saw this show and the night before and the night after in, in Portland, Maine, which was great. Great weekend, weekend run. Um, this was a, a really important show, I think, um, for a lot of people. It was for me. I, I, I was 
I was in disbelief really about the whole, the whole thing. Um, so, I mean, we should definitely talk about it, but I guess we should just say it now, Did, is this when, is this when fish was back? Like, was this show, like, did this show mean anything to you guys in terms of Fish being back for real? I felt like that everybody coming on after this show happened were saying Fish is back was taking away from when we said it in the summer after the uh, Camden show that I saw with the sand that was Fair. not short and kind of fun and, you know, got out there a little bit, but stay funky. Um, so, but yes, these jams are dope and the kinds of jams that we really wanted. So maybe, maybe it meant they were back. Maybe it takes a couple of, of jams for us to go. Okay. Maybe it's real. I don't know. I saw seven shows in 09, by the way, if we were going to start comparing numbers, um, which that's is a, that's high a lot number for me. Yeah, that's a high number. I feel like that's like a lot for you for any it. year, isn't it? It's one of my higher years, but it's no 1999. What is? You know what I mean? <laughs> for real. <laughs> I saw 11, 11 shows in, in 2009, which is a, an insane number of shows for a year. That was just like fine. For the most part, they were back, right? So I'm sure you were like energized and excited because they were like back, and it was, you know, it was like fishes, fishes touring again, fishes back together. It's exciting, right? I think the fishnet rankings of like the average of those 11 shows that I saw are probably it's probably not great (laughs) 2.859. Yeah, but we had a blast. No, wait, but this one, this 1128 pushes it right up, right? Because it's true. If we put it in these ratings, this one's got a 4.505. You know, it has ordered to go all three decimal points. You do, but you know, it has a higher ranking than this. Another show I saw in Hartford that summer, which is a 4.53, which I don't think that's a. That was so, it was so fun and iculous. And, you know, it was like a great, fun time, but nothing like this. Um, Megan, what. I mean, what did you think going back to this this show? Did you, did or first of all, do you do you always if you listen to this show, which I don't think a lot of people do, does anyone listen to the first set? And is there a reason to? <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it. It's energetic. Like you know, I have some I have some highlights. I think that like obviously it's the second set that people listen to, and it's been fun talking about this sh- that we were going to talk about this show because a lot of people were like chiming in on the internet, being like, "I was there. It was awesome. What a night!" You know, I think it was. If you were there, I think it was a big deal. It was probably one of the best shows of this year. So, you know, I think that like the best jamming, best second set probably of the year. So I think that it it was impactful, especially for people who were there. Yeah. I So you mentioned the first set, and I'm going to share with you what I said to Megan before we started. Yeah. Um, I don't need to listen to this first set again. That said, while I listened to it, I enjoyed some things. I thought the Uncle Pen was fine and good, which is a lot for 2009 when nailing things or whatever was often in question. Um, and Huge I affect that too, whole right. Huge right, it's kind of a bust mm-hmm. out. Uh, in fact, that sequence: Uncle Pen, Sanity, Foam, Walk Away, NICU. That's cool, but it's all and the melt is not bad, but it's all kind of 
jumbled in with this very 2009 stuff that I could leave behind because it's not like number line gets out, you know, like with sometimes they stretch number line. It's not like stealing time really does what stealing time does best. Uh, none of those things really happen. Alaska doesn't have that kind of like the extra go round that sometimes they do nowadays. Um, yeah. So there I've said. Yeah. Yeah. There were, there were like a couple points there. You think you guys mentioned, I mean like sanity is cool to hear. Right. You know, I would never argue against them playing Sanity. I want them to play it when I'm there, but yeah, yeah. Well, the set doesn't have any flow. You know, I think that's the set has like no kind of like narrative arc or flow to it. It's very like jukebox 2009 to me. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, like it's just like in the same set you've got. You know, stealing time is the second song. Like that's just weird to me. Sanity, foam, like vultures, number line. Like these songs don't they don't sound right together. Like there has to be some sort of an arc. And I think this is when, you know, setless construction was not, it's not, you know, worked out yet. You know, I think they were trying to like learn a lot of these songs they hadn't played in a long time. And yeah, there's yeah. just, I mean, I think like party time's a fun opener, great energy. Uncle Pen is, is good, you know, and, and they rip through stealing time too. I mean, I think that Nice landing spot and joy, but I don't know. I think the set definitely is, it's not great. It's just fine. I should be clear. I don't hate any of those songs either. Like <laughs> there are plenty of people who no. might come on here and say, ugh, joy, ugh, vultures, ugh, <laughs> number line. I like all those songs. I don't necessarily same. need them all in the same set. It doesn't make sense. But it was 2009. I think, and the um, open is like not, you know, it doesn't go anywhere really. It, it almost feels like a. To. It almost feels like they're promoting an album, which, like, they're <laughs> not. They're not very good at. But but you know, it came out like two months before this. I mean, in that first set, you get at least three. You get the first three songs from Joy in that yeah. first set. You know, and that's like you know that's that's. It just felt like they were just yeah going through songs. But I mean, I was on the floor of the of the venue for the show we had there were chairs on the floor you know one of those venues where there were seats oh um zero recollection whatsoever about the first set i don't remember anything i don't even remember like being there i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i was i remember the entire second set (laughs) minute by minute i have no recollection of the first set at all like not even like oh yeah it was cool when they did that but like apparently they played all these songs so i guess that's the impression it left on me isn't that amazing yeah god that's amazing i'm gonna say in fact i because i can't I keep looking at this set, the overall show, and thinking, you know, what could they have done? If they put Let Me Lie in the first set and Sanity in its slot in the second set, second set would be all bangers. Wow, that's a really good call. I like that. Yeah, yeah. They should really hire me to write set lists. I think I, mean, I know Trey's into I it. I agree with that. Whatever, but like. He has a lot on his plate. Maybe he should like farm that out to you. Yeah, I mean, I don't even have to travel and even go to the. I, I just, I could do it from here. Just like I don't think any. I, I bet I haven't even heard anyone else besides you ever say that they would be interested in that job. So I feel like you wouldn't have a lot of competition. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I mean, if they if they advertise it, they you know they wouldn't be able to manage the resumes. But I'm just saying, like, just skip that. Trey, RJ's got my number, so let's make yeah, it happen. Yeah, it's true. I do have his number. It's amazing. Um, 
Okay, so I guess that's that. So <laughs> I don't know what that is. But let's should we talk um, about this set two at all? I think we I think we need to because wow, so far the people listening and watching are probably like, wow, this is a this is a sad sad episode. But it's not as it's not as sad as our episode about the about the Shoreline two thousand run, which was probably yeah. the most sad episode we've ever done. Do you it's remember true. that, Megan? We were mm-hmm. just like um, sad. Eh. Yeah. So. That's not happening today. Um, <laughs> no, there's what, good stuff to talk about today. Yeah, what? What do you? Where do you want to start with with the second set, Megan? Well, I mean, I think we just yeah, I think we need to start at the beginning. I think the the whole first half of this set is incredible, and I would say there's an argument to be said the whole set's good. I mean, the set reads Seven Below into Ghost, Cool It Down into Gotta Jabu, Let Me Lie, Wolfman's Brother into Julius, and then an encore of You Enjoy Myself. Yeah, I mean, this seven below, it's just, it's 24 and a half minutes. It's amazing. You know, the first nine minutes or so, they're a little searching to me. And then around 10 minutes, it gets like cacophonous. And then Paige comes through with the piano. And it's just like, there's something to hold on to in that moment. And I just love how like 15 minutes in, it gets like really dancey and rhythmic. And Paige is laying these like synth sounds over it all. And it ends with like just uplifting hose from Trey. I mean, this is a beautiful jam. It's really nice. hundred percent agreed. It makes the case for them leaning into seven below more again, sometime yes. soon, maybe. Um, because this is an absolute gorgeous performance. And the fact that it goes into this ghost, which is no slouch, not jumping ahead. Oh, I uh, love this ghost. You know, just doubles its worth, frankly. RJ? Yeah. I mean, this was just, first of all, I was with a friend who uh, I think still listens to the podcast occasionally. And uh, we had a, a, a joint passed around at set break. And he, <sighs> I was I was standing on my chair um, during this. because it It's very just, unsafe. It was, it was so outrageous. And he was sitting down with his head, like kind of in his head, in his head in his hands, trying to, <laughs> trying to recover. We were all a little out of practice, you know, um, but like, we don't know how to do this anymore. Yeah. What happens I mean, the, during monster jams? But you mentioned Megan, like the, like eight minutes into it, they sort of like, they, it starts to kind of take off. And then I think it's around 12 minutes. Trey just starts this like nice rock, chord riff that just kind of carries carries them for a while and i feel like that kind of sets the tone um it just was this intentional do you think i feel like like it came out and we're like one of those where they're like let's let's try it let's try this yeah it seems like it especially because they kind of continue jamming into ghost you know i think that there's like a real push to kind of keep trying things and it's working it has been uh, exciting for them. Good, uh, good context provided in the uh, in the chat there from our Brian from attendance attendance bias. It was cold and rainy that weekend too. It was um, so you know, yeah, probably a motivator. Um, but yeah, this song wasn't it really on the shelf then, kind of as much as it may be now. God damn it! Um, so, but they reached for it. They did. But Baker's Dozen did like a big jam at Baker's Dozen too, right? Like sometimes it comes out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Not enough. Not enough for Jonathan. But 
This is. I mean, they haven't so, played it since 2016. Oh wait, I'm looking. I scrolled all the way to the jams. That's not true. They played it <laughs> twice this year. They played it in once in 2019, twice in 2018. Yeah, so that's just not enough. Twice in 2017, we need it's it. Like a rarity. Yeah, more, more. Sorry, that's a different. Yeah, song. I'll shut up. <laughs> well, more is you know a great, different song. Great song. Great song. Also, um, there was you mentioned the the Baker's Dozen version. Really, probably. I mean, that's a really solid, solid one. Twelve thirty one eighteen. So there, but it's not like not like this, which is. Which gets me back to the the whole thing that I always think about with jams like this, which is like, does it even matter what song it is when three minutes into the song it's not a song anymore? I guess it is. No. Does it lay the foundation for them to go in different places by playing like this by playing Seven Below versus Down with Disease for four minutes? I think sometimes it depends. Certainly, right? when you look at how Trey likes to end songs, it gives them kind of a tonic foundation. And where they go from that foundation into the next, you know, the next uh, modulation and so forth, so far on. At some point, it maybe it didn't matter. At some point, they may be far enough out there that they could have gotten there from anywhere. But then they so often go back. And so it does impact the arc of the song uh, when there's an arc. Sometimes it's just an up and out. This one's kind of an up and out. Um, but uh, I think it, yeah, I think it has a lot to do with where the song will go. Yeah. yeah and Tweezer, like, you know, is always going to start in this funky place, right? And it, it might right. go somewhere else, but yeah. It, and sometimes yeah, it like goes there like, like on a dime. Sometimes it's a gradual shift. Sorry, man. Yeah, and sometimes, I was just going to say, sometimes you have like, these dark evil jams that come out of like these love and light songs. Right. And then sometimes you have like a bliss jam out of Karini. So it's like, it doesn't necessarily always stay with the vibe, but I do yeah. agree with you, Jonathan, that when he wants to bring it back, then it's going to affect the jam. Especially because we know Trey likes to bring it back. He does. He really does. I, I also like, they're, they're kind of like testing this whole, this whole thing though. Like with the rise come together from Raleigh from this past summer. Right. It was oh, like, yes. That was just like, like that could have been the jumping off of any of any song. I feel like they're doing that more often, but maybe not. I don't know anything. No, that, there's something yeah. to that. But you know, looking back at this stuff in 2009, I mean, they were jamming so rarely that really the platform truly matters. It 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 absolutely matters. They were not going to get this jam by opening with uh, anything that was in the first set, for example. Like you Sample know, in a just, Jar, Free, or something. Yeah. The song, now they'll jam, but yeah. Sample but yeah. in a Jar. Never, nobody, <laughs> they don't jam Sample in a Jar, except for those exactly. times that they do. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, they couldn't have gotten there then. Ryan Storm, you know, always on point with his technical notes. He says, jams for a different song start in different keys, moods, vibes, etc. It's like them deciding to jam out the end of free at Blossom instead of the middle section, trying something new. Right. And this, the song gives that, you know, it's the platform. So. Yeah. I say sometimes it matters, sometimes it doesn't. Now, different. I agree. In 2009, I feel like it did matter. You know, I think that Absolutely. it was more intentional. Yeah. In 2009. I think the thing about 2009 is that they were learning how to be a band again, 
learning how to play the songs again in many cases mm-hmm. and learning how to make them fit together in a way that was interesting for them and hopefully also for us. Um, I don't think we were an afterthought. Um, I just think that when I say it, we're an afterthought. Um, and yeah, I like yeah, this good. comment All by right. Brian from attendance biased fish was trying to give us so much in 2009, a new album too. If you include the party time bonus disc Hell. Halloween album, rarities, new covers, and the scenes show in the setlist construction. I think yeah. that's fair. On top of what you were saying, Jonathan, about relearning the songs, relearning how to be a band, relearning how to communicate, you know, relearning how to trust each other on stage and jam. You know, it's a lot they were doing. It's a lot. It is. You don't get and to just like be fish again, you know, after five years off. Like you've got to like work at it. It's pretty incredible that they were even doing this nine months into it. Yeah, I mean, Six in the summer – I was lucky enough to be at that Camden show, for example, and we got, you know, a good jam and, you know, we, it was pretty clear that they wanted to connect to the band that they had been, but not necessarily the band that they were when they, when they split up in 04, but something a little more akin to a nineties version of themselves. And, uh, and it was just going to take time to get there. This is one of those flashes, like, it's in them. They connected with that thing um, that they couldn't, that you can only practice and you can only try to cultivate so much. You just have to get good at listening to each other again. And then the door will open and here it did. And it stayed open when they went to ghost, which oh, can I, can I just yeah. take us into this ghost for a yeah, second? Please. Do it. Please. Because the ghost is, really it's it's fine and good and then it's just it jams for a bit but there's this bit that i want to say it's around 12 minutes or so that is so like weird and like aggressively weird that i actually like rewound it multiple times while listening to it in my house in the living room and my family was like what why you know like, <laughs> what is happening this, right now <laughs> hear this um and it, it it's you know it, it was outstanding um it this this ghost makes the entire show worthwhile seven below is 24 minutes this ghost to me makes the entire show worthwhile because they get into the just the deep dark weird here and it probably wouldn't have happened without that seven below yeah but it's, it's but almost it's like they just pick out. it up yeah. They yeah. just like pick up the jam again, which is which is cool when that happens. Sorry, Megan. Yeah, it's kind of like what they were doing like over the last two years, you know, just like using songs as launching pads. But like right away, this jam goes into this like sunny little melodic section, which is like right out of the song. Then it turns into this like rock and roll jam and the organ comes out and it's like turns into a galloping beat, which kind of reminded me of like a no man's jam today. Like it had that kind of like I could feel myself doing like this dance I always do during like the no man's jam. It's just, it sounded like that to me. And it ends like super powerfully. It has this like big train, like barreling down the tracks feeling. And then it slows down and you hear the crowd just go nuts. Like RJ, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be there in that moment. Cause the crowd just seems to like erupt and it ends with this like no quarter vibe. It's like really like creepy and dissonant and cool And when it finishes, the crowd is going insane. And there's like prolonged applause. Like it sounds like people are clapping forever. It's It's one of those where the audience is like, that was a thing. Yeah. Like they know that was a thing. 
It's really cool. What a cool moment. I I had to say, I mean, there was there was probably that was probably the coolest moment I had seen of fish. And again, like, sorry, before I say this, I have to say I got a lot of shit this summer when I said that the David Bowie that I saw at Alpine Valley was <laughs> possibly the best David Bowie I've ever seen. That does that not mean so that controversial. I think, it does so not mean that I mean that I think read. it's it doesn't mean that I think it's the yeah. best David Bowie that I've ever played. It's you have to look at the shows that I've seen. So that caveat, I think this probably is the coolest thing I saw. I've saw live maybe since like Camden. 99 or Radio City 2000 because I didn't see yeah. like a lot of those really great shows in 03 and 04 was just bad. Um, so this was like for me this was a, a a fish career show going career defining set you know and it didn't even really matter like what when I was listening back to it today I didn't listen to it in a while it doesn't even really matter like what's going on in the jams it's just that it's like 45 minutes of just like jamming which is just really awesome you know uh, you 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 both kind of described what was happening and it's it's it was it was amazing um but i and i do think there's like in the ghost at the beginning maybe it's mike who's sort of like playing teasing cool it down a little bit at the beginning of ghost you can kind of hear like oh, the that's cool. i didn't hear that that's yeah. really cool well listen back to it and tell me if i'm wrong because i'm fine if that's true um but then they go into cool it down at the end, and it was just that's the perfect, perfect song. Perfect for this land. Right, so minute. let's recognize they're playing a cool down song called "Cool It Down." It's come on, why they should do this more? They um, really should. They really <laughs> should. It's like fourth time played. You know, Velvet Underground cover, obviously, like from the Loaded Halloween cover. But it's so cool if they played this more often after big giant jams. It just would be like so perfect. Or if this got jammed out. Has this ever been jammed out? Because that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, but it does. I will say they give it just like one of those regular little carrot arrow transitions in a jibu. I, I think you could argue that it might be more than that uh, because they really do. You can hear Trey going to jibu uh, before jibu starts. And uh, it's pretty rad. I, I think that really this four song segment is the part what really it really makes this show um i i could i could leave everything else as long as i could keep these four songs i mean the end the last three songs is just sort of like it doesn't they're kind of a throwaway it doesn't like i mean fine versions and like julius is like the best way to end a set i love that that's great but the every julius is the best julius that is to say every julius that you're listening to is the best julius because it's just yeah. a rocking song. It's... Hearing it live is special. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's super fun. Um, yeah, I mean, so you enjoy myself encore. I mean, what else? Like, you know, what else do you need? I think that's a pretty good sign uh, for the show. Also, it probably yeah. means that they ended the set maybe a little early on the clock, so they got some time. But they're feeling it, so they're gonna let's let's try you enjoy myself. Um, and awesome I didn't listen version. to this, to be honest with you. I didn't, I didn't, I was, I was busy, got distracted. Megan? It's a great version. It's a great version. It's just got a lot of energy. It's perfectly played. Trey's using some like effect pedal or something crazy with like synths right before the tramp jumps. It just sounds really, really, really cool. I don't know enough about his gear to know what it is, but it's just got some extra mustard to it. Like this is a really, really good gem. Like, 
really good. That like stands mustard. out. They yeah. they played this they played this song fifteen times in in two thousand nine, which is probably not surprising because it's you know their most played song ever and and it, probably maybe their most famous song. I don't know. Do people they know this song? Really hard to be able to play it at all. Yeah. And right. The only way to be able to play it is to keep playing it. Yeah, yeah. that's true. So, exactly. And, uh, yeah. Well, and around the breakup, and you know, when they came back, Trey Trey's like inner inner monologue with himself about his feelings about fish. You enjoy myself was mentioned like every time he talked about it, which was only a couple times. But you know, he kind of famously said, "I don't want to be going around playing you enjoy myself for people every night." But it turned out he actually did. Actually, and he did. <laughs> exactly. He said, and he said something sort of explicit about about you enjoy myself later. Um, this is this is a. I mean, we have to just kind of go back to what we talked about at the beginning, which is like, did this make fish back? I kind of think it did, for me at least. I Jonathan, think it showed you, that you, they could do what what we all knew they could do. Right. And and it wasn't just like a one off in one song in one show. This is like a two songs. But I think it's just like a really strong set of jamming that makes you, I don't know, kind of believe that like they could get there again. And I think it's pretty incredible that they were playing like this, even if it's just for part of the show, so soon after they got back together. That's that was inspiring to me. I will say that I saw them again on the 5th in Charlottesville, 5th of December. So the Albany run was followed by a three-night MSG run because that was not a New Year's Eve in New York year. And uh, and they ended the tour in uh, in Charlottesville, uh, probably, you know, playing for the management company, Red Light. Right, right. Uh, right. John, Paul, John Paul Jones Arena. And, uh, you know, we had a naked guy and all the usual things that you do when you want to impress your managers, I guess. Um, but, uh, you know, that second set had like tweezer, light, piper free as an opener. And it doesn't even make the jam charts. But I really felt by at that point, the band was comfortable. Yeah. And not in the kind of, you know, sometimes when you describe an artist or a band as being comfortable, it's a derogatory thing, you know, as compared to being hungry. Um, I feel like that, you know, I had seen the first three shows of the year at Hampton and then seeing that show, uh, particularly as contrasted with the Philly show that I saw, um, I saw a band that was much more at ease being themselves doing their thing. Even if I didn't see a 24 minute uh, seven below, I think by that point I felt like the band back or not, they were on track to it. And, you know, arguably I think it took a few more years to really be there. Um, But the flashes were happening. And so I was happy and remain happy. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, it was like 2012 when things really started to like, click back into place consistently but but yeah, yeah i think this is like a beginning of the piece i think brian says from attendance by says this was a piece of fish being back 
the set long jamming piece. The Hartford show was the game henge piece. The MSG run was the arena rock piece. Fish came back piece by piece. Right. I, I put it more 2013, but maybe that's just to justify not going to see them at all in 2012. But um, I was I was on break. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a weird end to that tour. I mean, in this oh, in this this tour, yeah, just like go into three nights in at MSG and then like ending in Charlottesville and then it was over. But I I think it's just what they could get. Somebody else had New Year's and they weren't booking it and they played new year's in miami and uh so they were like but we gotta hit we gotta hit msg and i had a bunch of friends who went to those shows and they thought it was a blast and some of them came down charlottesville after we you know snowed and you know it was fun so i got to see the night before this and this night and the next night in in portland maine which was really i thought really fun um doesn't get a lot of love in the in the in the fish world zero jam chart entries entries but um it was a fun fun show it was like a really good good combo of of shows but i guess it was just part of like yeah it was part of fish just being back just fun just going to shows i did just skip right over it even in my like retelling (laughs) they played albany they played then they played msg completely skipped over that portland show but um, I know a lot of people were psyched. They played Nellie Kane, so that means the show was worth having. Yeah, it was fun. <laughs> I mean, it was really fun. They they had a. I mean, it was a nice Mike's Groove in the first set. Um, Crimes of the Mind, which I I don't think Ooh, I had seen weird. before. The Roback. It was just a, a sort of a strange bust out. Pebbles and Marbles. Um, Come on. Actually, can I just tell you guys because this is very extremely you, important. You can. Of course. I actually saw Crimes of the Mind. The last time I saw it was 112803 at Nassau Coliseum, which was the first time played since 94. And then the next time they played it was this this Portland show, the night after the show. So I saw like That's you know, weird. Uh, two two bust outs um in in a row, but several years apart. I, I uh, saw the very Marvel next time they I've never it. seen that song. I've never you seen did? it. You never seen it. I was wondering mm-hmm. if we could, like cover everything in this in this no, well, well you have to see the next time, but I saw it in 2016 yep. when they played it in Vegas. Right oh, before yeah. that, right before that epic golden age. Oh, I love that golden age. I mean, it's only been played eight times. Yeah, it's coming back. MSG this year, whatever night, we're all going to be hanging out. That's uh, happening, right? And by yeah. we're all, you mean you guys, right? It just means sort of like just the world. Oh, okay. Yeah, the world will be hanging out. It's true. The world's going to be hanging out. Um, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, you all listening and watching will be there as part of the world. Um, yeah, I mean, this is this is fun to go back to. Um, I wonder, would you guys, two thousand nine, like, would you be surprised to to know that thirteen years later we're still getting fish concerts and going to fish concerts? I'm not sure. I would have bet on it. I had an I, I would say in 2009, my inkling was that the band wanted to be doing it still. Like in 2009, they were looking ahead going, this is great. It's certainly by fall tour. This is going well. I'd love to keep doing this in perpetuity in some way. Um, but I yeah, personally might not have bet on it. Yeah, I mean they were they were back and they were committed to being back together, but I felt like it'd be something that I'd probably do 
one or two times a year moving forward, you know, and something that would be just kind of like a fun thing that I'd get together with old friends and we'd see our old favorite band. I didn't think they'd be generating incredible new music constantly and playing one of their best tours that they've had in a really long time in 2021. Like, no way. I I don't know. This band continues to amaze me. I mean, what's the alternative? They could be like Ween, who is just out, just doing like victory lap or whatever on their yeah. career. They're not really like, making new music; they're just playing shows. And I and I'm no Ween expert. I'm just uh, I'm just quoting somebody who said exactly this uh, near me on the internet today. And and I think they're kind of right. They're not doing. Whereas Fish is making new stuff uh, with seems like every intention to keep building on what they've done weird so weird yeah well um just sorry one one question from our from a viewer was the portland show with acapella freebird yes that is correct that was fun um yeah it's all it's all good you know we just keep we just keep being able to see fish which is fun um and it what else what else do you guys got about this show before we before we do something else I think it was fun to listen back to. I, you know, I never go back and listen to 2009. So this was fun. It was cool to listen back and think about where they were then and, and listen to some of these jams. And not yeah, I, the first set, Jonathan, right? Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> it was fun. I had a good time listening to it. I just, you know, uh, but th- these jams were amazing and I hadn't listened to them in a long time. So it was really fun to go back and check them out. And, uh, yeah, I don't really listen to Oh nine fish because I think there's newer, arguably more compelling fish for the most part. Uh, but these jams stand up against really any of it. Yeah, man. What a what a what a fantastic situation! Um, all right. Well, sorry. Go ahead, Jonathan. Oh, I was going to say, what a, what a shame that you had to be there, RJ. I, <laughs> I, I hope you've recovered. Uh, it was really, really great. Um, I had I had so much fun, and yeah, I was excited to be back on fall tour. You know, that that's another right. thing. Yeah, In, indoor fish. Give me some. Just great. Um, and I guess we're going to come back next week with another episode. Should we? Yeah, we'll be back on Monday at 4.30. Okay. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And thank you, everyone, for watching. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, actually, before we go, I'm just going to tell you guys about Sunset Lake CBD. I think our listeners and viewers could could do this ad from memory, but we'll do it now to remind you. Sunset Lake CBD's line of smokable hemp products are for the old deadhead or the young fish fan searching for a mellow body high. Um, Sunset Lake CBD has a bunch of amazing stuff, flower, pre-rolls, pre-rolled blunts, if that's if that's your thing. You got salve, you got topicals, you got um, the tincture that I use. There's so much. It's really great. Did I miss anything? Gummies. Is that everything? Gummies. And they have these... Pet products. The new gummies they have also are like specifically designed for sleep, which I they're need so amazing. Much. They have melatonin. They're so good. I would recommend. See, it's all it's all happening. Um, but you should go to sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPod for twenty percent off. It's it's the holidays, so you should 
get some Sunset Lake CBD as a gift for someone, and then they will discover Sunset Lake CBD, and then it's just it's just going to be great. That's what I think. I agree. Do you guys you. agree? Good, I agree. Good, good gift that idea. the best. It's a great gift idea. Look at that. You're welcome, everyone list. out there. It's on Jonathan's list. So if you need, if anyone wants to get Jonathan some Sunset Lake CBD, just make sure you use the code HFPOT for 20% off of Jonathan's present. Um, all right. I think that's it. I think, we're, I think we're good. I think we're good. I think we're out of here. I think Thank we're out of here. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next Thanks, week. everyone. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or nothing more than a one hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that. For example, musicians like Tommy from Between the Buried Me, Matt from Periphery, Lil Lotus and Shinigami, among many others, photographers, artists, designers, YouTubers like Glenn Fricker and Sarah Dietschy, and I unpack exactly how they got to where they are today with the goal of helping you do the same. So if that sounds cool, you can listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com, and I'll see you there.